0: What does it mean to be human? What do your kids think it means? Well, this is an issue that's been debated throughout the ages, well, certainly for the first 242 years of American history. Therefore, it's a topic that we parents would do well to discuss with our kids, especially now that we live in an age where truth and reality are no longer fixed, and what it means to be human could vary dramatically. How we treat and interact with other people first demands that we understand what a person actually is. So we need to establish and maintain that understanding with our kids early and often. Confused? Well, on this program, we fix our understanding on who we are in Christ. And we'll do our best to lay a sure foundation for our kids next. This is Licensed to Parent. Hello and welcome to today's program. Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and their families. I'm Rich Rosel, and our host on Licensed to Parent is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill. And Trace, you often point out that the redefinition of terms is not only very often the root of so much of the conflict and confusion we see in America today. But it's also largely responsible for the communication breakdown between
1: parents and their kids, is it not? Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's hard to agree on anything when common terms are commonly misunderstood, misrepresented, and misapplied to virtually everything uh, we see these days. Particularly when it comes to common terms like God or man or, or love, hate. Truth, good, evil, marriage, family, faith, grace, peace, freedom, or even what it means to be human. And all those terms I just ran through there uh, are, are being perverted. Uh, by our culture today. They have different definitions. And I could go on and on with uh, good and, and godly terms that are that are too often defined with the devil's dictionary, as we often say around here. Uh, think about this. The distortion of what it actually means to be human, for example, mm-hmm. was one way that Americans actually justified, even legalized slavery in the 19th century, in the, in the century before that. And isn't this how we've justified and legalized abortion in the 20th century and even up to this very day? I mean, in the 19th century, our Supreme Court defined African-Americans as only three-fifths of a human being. That's our Supreme Court doing this. Today, unborn babies are called fetuses. Murder? Well, that's called euthanasia. Disagreement is on par with hate, bigotry, or racism. Our kids have to be made aware of this postmodern insanity, or we're going to implode on ourselves or implode as a nation. So, where should our point of reference be for all moral truth? Where do we go for child rearing principles and to find out what it actually does mean to be human? Well, hopefully, uh, that's just. One of the things that today's guest is going to help us get sorted out today.
0: And I'm glad we've got a guest because that's a handful. That's, that's a shovelful that you <laughs> just just mentioned. And with a bad cold, it's, it's a <laughs> it's a big shovelful. Well, let me introduce today's guest, Evangelist Alveda C. King. Currently serves as a pastoral associate and director of civil rights for the unborn which is the African-American Outreach uh, for Priests for Life and Gospel of Life Ministries. She's also a voice for the Silent No More awareness campaign, sharing her own personal testimony of two abortions, God's forgiveness and her healing. Dr. King is the daughter of the late civil rights activist the Reverend A.D. King and his wife Naomi Barber King. Uh, She's also the niece of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., so she basically grew up right in the middle of the civil rights movement. Her family home in Birmingham, Alabama was bombed, as was her father's church office in Louisville, Kentucky, and she herself was jailed during the open housing movement. Uh, Dr. King is a former college professor. She served in the Georgia State House of Representatives. She's a recipient of the Life Prize Award, the Cardinal John O'Connor Pro-Life Hall of Fame Award, and the Civil Rights Award from the Congress of Racial Equity, or CORE. She's also an accomplished actress and songwriter. She's founder of Alveda King Ministries and has served on numerous nonprofit boards, including Heartbeat International, Georgia Right to Life, the MLK Center, Bible Curriculum in Public Schools, and Abortion Recovery International, or A-R-I-N. She's a member of the National Black Profile Coalition, a senior fellow with the Howard Center for Family, Religion, and Society, a regular columnist for Newsmax.com and for Fox News, And she's the author of a number of books, including King Rules, 10 Truths for You, Your Family, and Our Nation to Prosper, How Can the Dream Survive if We Murder the Children, and two books we'd like to mention today and discuss, Who Are We in Christ Jesus, and her latest book, King Truths. 21 Keys to Unlocking Your Spiritual Potential. Evangelist Alveda King lives in the Atlanta area, just south of us, where she is the grateful mother of six and, her words here, a doting grandmother. So, Trace, if all of those other credentials weren't enough, she is a very experienced parent.
1: Absolutely. Alveda, welcome to
2: Licensed to Parent. Well, thank you both and your whole listening audience. I'm just honored and blessed
1: to share with you. Awesome. God bless you. Listen, you you, you wrote a book called Who We Are in Christ Jesus, but your latest book is called King Truth. Does either book uh, or any of your books address the the issues of what it actually means to be a human being? Uh, What does it mean to be a human being? Because I think cutting short what it means to be human has led to a lot of atrocities over the years and around the world and right here in America. So do, do any of those books address that?
2: You will find a recurring theme in all of my books, coming from Acts seventeen twenty six. Of one blood, God made all people to mm-hmm. live together on the face of the earth. And once we learn that we really are one race, one human family, we can do what my uncle Martin Luther King Jr. I call him Uncle Lemel said. We must learn to live together as brothers, and mm-hmm. I added sisters. Now, we can't be brothers and sisters if we're separate races. And so who we are in Christ Jesus, out of all of my books, goes very deeply into what is man and what is a human being. Mm -hmm. So it's probably the closest book that would answer that question. Mm -hmm.
1: People are very proud of and appreciate what your uncle uh, fought and died for they seem to have a problem with where he got his principles from. Uh, If scripture wasn't the basis of your family's argument against racism, from what other point of reference could they have possibly had for their position?
2: Well, you know, and this is very important to your millennials and your young audience and your parents to hear this. Early in Martin Luther King Jr.'s life, because he was very intellectual and he was a wonderful student and scholar and became one of the most uh, intelligent and brilliant orators of the 20th century history. So at first, God was just his daddy's God. And Uncle M.L. studied all the religions of the world, and he even got this from Gandhi and that from this philosopher and that. And yet, a time came when he was still a young man. He said there was a knock at midnight. And he was sitting there having a cup of coffee in his kitchen at the height of the civil rights movement with all the danger and excitement and everything, and he just said, well, God, you've asked me to lead these people. Sounded like Moses to me in in that particular (laughs) prayer. And he says, "And I can't do it by myself. What should I do? And he said he heard the voice of Jesus say, Martin Luther King, stand up for truth, stand up for justice, and lo, I'll never leave you to the ends of the earth. And he said from that time on, God was his God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. He began to have a relationship. And as he began to do that, then that's the man that we knew at the time of his death 50 years ago now. Mm -hmm. But young people, you have to begin to know God for yourself. You can learn it in school, train up a child in the way that he should go or she, and that child won't depart from that truth or try to get away but come back to it. But However, we all have to embrace and uphold these truths for ourselves. And that's a very important prayer for the mature people, the adults and the mature people to pray that each child will come to his or her own relationship
1: with God.
0: Amen. It's interesting you you are saying what we often say here and that is talking about the importance of the relationship with Christ and you say that you know each young person should come to his or her own relationship with God. Absolute truth. The the challenge I think a lot of people have is that rather than saying that they're saying each, you know each young person will come to his or her understanding of what truth is and his truth and her truth may be very different um, How do you because you speak to a lot of people on this how do you address this current uh, notion that there is no moral absolute and there is no absolute truth how do you show them that that we do have a compass point in christ
2: well the the real way to do that. It's to come back to the unfailing absolute truth. And that absolute truth is that love never fails. Absolutely, God is love. And so when genuine God-like love is exemplified, then people, it breaks down every resistance. I've seen it time after time mm-hmm. again. Worst enemies, when confronted with love, melt. It just absolutely happens. But it is only that love, that absolute truth of love. That's that's where you get the oneness. That's Mm -hmm. where the skin color battles stop. That's where all the sexual immorality and confusion stops. Because people, they're confronted with love. And love just won't fail. It That's exactly fails.
1: right. But the problem is mm-hmm. you have to define love properly as God defines it. And unfortunately, our kids are taking their, 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 their cues for a lot of terms, including love, family, marriage, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, the devil's dictionary. And, uh, you, you know, love is lust or, or sex. They, they, they don't divorce the two. Uh, and now you've got Christian parents who are actually uh, thinking they're loving their kids by giving them condoms to go out on dates. date today. Christian parents are actually doing this. And
2: And it's it's wrong to do that because you're empowering them to do something that will hurt them and not heal them. And that's there again, it has to be modeled, not in a judgmental or condemning way. Well, if you do that, you're going to go to hell. Well, that's absolutely true. However, you know, choose life. God puts before us blessings and curses, life and death. Choose life. The wages of sin absolutely is death. However, the gift of God is eternal life. So Mm -hmm. that has to be shown. And I say that to my my children who are all adults now and my grandchildren. I said, you know, I was talking to my granddaughter last night. She was looking at something on Disney, and it was trying to teach her how to throw spells and cast this (laughs) and that. I said, child, that's witchcraft. Do you understand? That is witchcraft, God is stronger than that, right. and we had she's only seven years old, but we had to stop and talk because there's so much of that given to them, as you say, the parents cooperating and passing out condoms, yep. they're doing all this stuff on on children's t v mm-hmm. and so you have to stop and just remind them and model God to them. Show them about the power of Jesus, Amen. the power of Holy Spirit, Amen. and remind them that all of that is stronger than any of the other things that seem like uh, something mm-hmm. that's exciting or good.
1: Preach it, sister. Hey, listen, <laughs> as someone who is very involved uh, and experienced on both sides of the issue of abortion, what what finally landed you on the conservative side of the fence?
2: I just had a born-again experience in 1983, and before that I was pretty liberal, still a Christian. But I wouldn't say born-again. I hadn't committed my life fully to Christ regardless Mm -hmm. and willing to give up everything for it. And that happened in 83, and then it just became very clear that a child in the womb is still a child, still a person. Science verifies this, by the way. Mm -hmm. And even though I had my own secret abortions and things like that, and I was hiding behind a mask, but uh, I became uncovered before Christ with with the just truth and the love and power of God and so I conservative is okay that's a, that's a good word but I became genuinely committed to a Christ like life yeah, that's the key and yeah with that all of those things follow, you know, seek ye first kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the good things will be added to you.
1: Amen, that's Amen. exactly right. Now, you mentioned modeling before our kids. Can you talk about that a little bit and maybe your own experience with that and how your family responded to you when you, you, you had that second, deeper experience with God?
2: Well, my children now, they're all adults. My youngest is uh, 28. And his brother, who's just uh, the next one up from him, I was looking at a television show, and he was home from college. And uh, he says, why are you watching that? He says, you know, that's not godly. It was a popular fashion show. I won't name it, you know, but they make the clothes and all of this. But they have a lot of other influences. blended in with the personalities on the show. And he says, how can you look at that? You know that's not honoring God. I said, you're right. So I I took the uh, remote, erased it, because I would uh, record it so I could watch it when I came home. And I erased it out of the DVR, and I noticed the other night it was on. And I, I said, wow, it would be nice to just see who's winning. And then I remembered my son's words. How can you watch that, mom? You know it's not glorifying God. Wow. So I, in, in modeling that and erasing that out of my DVR, letting him see my commitment to yeah. not bring that into the home, and they recognize it, and it gives them something to lock onto and follow, even down to the grandchildren.
1: Elvita, I know we're kind of running down in time here, but I, I just need to ask you: What is the parent's strongest argument for the veracity of the Bible? Because the Bible is being attacked everywhere our kids turn today. There's websites like XChristian.com, and the movies they're seeing, the music they're listening to, uh, the Bibles just gets slammed continually. And how do we how do we defend that?
2: John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that God gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believes on Jesus shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I'll give you two of them instead of one. So a lot of times I will say, because, you know, there's so many people are saying now, oh, you don't have to have the Bible, all that blood of Jesus thing. No, you don't need to do that. Everybody's going to see God one day. I said, you know, you are absolutely right. Everybody That's right. is going to see God Every one day. God is bow. the final judge. God is the creator. However, Jesus said, and this is the second scripture, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Mm-hmm. That love, that protection, that everything that anybody needs. That manifestation of God only comes through relationship and submission to Christ. I said, so since we all have to go to court and everybody really is going to see God, when you get there, don't you want the judge to be your father? And when I say that, people just get very quiet mm-hmm. because it's, it's hard to argue against that. And then the other one, one day he told me to say to a group of children, and I was speaking to them and I said to the little girls, God said, you don't have to live like that. Mm-hmm. And then they said, what? I said there's a better way to live, Amen. and that, that's for you. And then I go to jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for I know the plans I have for you—not to hurt you, but to harm—not to hurt you, but to bless you. You mm-hmm. see, and so that's when you can give them just just a couple of scriptures, not the whole Bible, because nobody who's—if you're not familiar with it—you can't get it all at one time. Yeah, it's right. too heavy a meal. Yeah. But you give them just a little milk, and they they get it, and they begin to taste it that was good. Tell me something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Enlighten them with the Word. I
1: think mean, that's wise. You yep. Use those teachable moments. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our guest today
0: on Licensed to Parent is Evangelist Dr. Alveda King, who serves as a pastoral associate and director of Civil Rights for the Unborn, which is the African-American outreach for Priests for Life and Gospel of Life Ministries. Dr. King is also the author of a number of books, including King Rules, Ten Truths for You, Your Family, and Our Nation to Prosper, Who We Are in Jesus Christ, the main book we've been talking about today, and her latest book, King Truths, 21 Keys to Unlocking Your Spiritual Potential, among a bunch of other books. You can connect with her on Facebook and Twitter. See more of her work at priestsforlife.org. And uh, Alveda, where's the best place for folks to find your books?
2: Alvita King.com.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much again. We really appreciate your time and your ministry. God bless you.
2: Thank you.
0: And right now we have to take a break on License to Parent as time is getting away from us. But uh, Trace and I will be back uh, with some concluding thoughts right after this. You're listening to License to Parent. You'll find us online at LicenseToParent.org.
3: The world of digital technology is always changing, and it's changing you if you're comfortable with technology or not. Your kids may take technology almost completely for granted and rarely notice its effects. On the other hand, you may adapt to technology more slowly, but are affected by the digital invasion just as much as your kids. In the book, The Digital Invasion, How Technology is Shaping You and Your Relationships, authors Dr. Archibald Hart and Sylvia Hart Fried uncover the ways digital technology is changing us from within, physically, mentally, and especially spiritually, and offers therapeutic and biblical strategies to become good stewards of our digital lives. The Digital Invasion also includes 10 pages featuring Trace Embry of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Find the Digital Invasion in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherd's Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund.
0: Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month, Christ-centered, non-profit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherds Hill Academy.
2: It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherds Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way I cannot gainsay how important this is. And to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society.
0: Get the help you need at Shepherds Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, where today we've been talking about evangelist Dr. Alveda King. She is the niece of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, the uh, person I think most in America would say was the the real kingpin, if you will, of the civil rights movement back Absolutely. in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And and Trace, just so that you and I can perhaps put a, put a bow on this um, conversation, Dr. King was a man who fought for, stood for the rights of all men right. and women. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think he perhaps even recognized race, except that at his time he saw that there was a great inequity between the races in our country. But um, you know, as as you and I were saying during the break, He's not one who just said, let's lift up and promote this one race over the other to balance things out or let's look for uh, reparation or anything like that. He wanted true equality and he wanted to see the day when men and women, black and white or of any race, could walk down the street together Mm -hmm. and have the same opportunities for the same successes
1: in this country. Well, Alvia alluded to the fact that – we're we're one race, the human race. I mean, Adam and Eve. If, we, if we truly did come from Adam and Eve, and I, I believe we did, uh, then there is one human race. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King had a little white blood in him. Uh, I think people, a lot of people, don't realize That's that great grandfather. I think. Yeah, yeah, but what people uh, additionally don't realize, uh, you know, uh, is his Christian roots. I mean, y- you look at, at every major city in America. And virtually all of them, if not literally all of them, have a road called what? Dr. Martin Luther King, King Jr. Avenue yeah, or Drive. Highway. Or, or, yeah, yeah, whatever. So this guy had an incredible impact. And at the root of his impact, this is what a lot of people don't understand, is he had to have a source for what he believed as to what made civil rights civil rights. What, what made it a right? Well, it was his biblical root. Yeah. It, it was the, this guy was a Baptist preacher. And we like what the guy fought for, but then we want to discard the rest of the absolute truths that can't be divorced from the document that he Mm -hmm. took his worldview from, which is the Bible. And so... There are things that I think that we can be talking uh, with our kids about, having these conversations about, who is this man, Dr. Martin Luther King, and where do you get his ideologies uh, from? Uh, Do you realize that every major ideology that influenced our country for the good came out of the Christian worldview? Every one of them. Mm. There's nothing that came... Of any significance that I know of, I mean, someone can give me an education on this, that came from a Muslim worldview or a Buddhist worldview or a Hindu worldview. Well, they may have come from those worldviews, but those worldviews were not in contradiction with a biblical worldview. Those are the absolutes that come from scripture that we base our lives on, how we live our lives morally, you know, what we are to believe, who we are as a people, what constitutes humanity, where are we going when we die, how shall we live those type of things. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to to sit down and uh, have a conversation with our kids about this type of thing because, you know, you can always trace something back to its root. Why do we believe what we believe? Well, in the case of Martin Luther King, it was the Bible. That's where he took his cues from.
0: And Alveda King also mentioned that as a young man, he explored all the world's religions. Mm -hmm. He was a very smart man. And as she said, one of the greatest orators of the 20th century, absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, if you ever heard him speak on any topic, he was very articulate. He didn't uh, he didn't take conversations lightly, but mm-hmm. he didn't take his study of the world's religions lightly either. And right. as a young man, he came to the conclusion that there was no truth apart from God, mm-hmm. and that is the God of the Bible. So, yeah. yeah, he he knew where his compass was pointed, and that's that's where he made his mark.
1: And I think the most amazing thing about the man, as I see it, um, is he was willing to die. Uh, now, he didn't know he was going to die uh, in Memphis, but he was willing to die uh, for his beliefs. That's, that's faith, you mm-hmm. know, that's faith. There's an old saying, true religion will die for their faith. A true cult will kill for theirs. And he did things peacefully. He, he didn't set out to take anybody out. Mm-hmm. He set out to, if need be, be taken out for the truth, And I think that's what Jesus, I don't think that is what Jesus did. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. And I think if we can come out of bed every morning with that mindset and teach that to our kids, we can change this world for good. But uh, when we raise our kids, we got to lose this idea that we do everything just for the sake of our kids alone. When we're raising our kids, we have to come away with a mindset that we're raising our kids for the sake of the entire society they live in. And when we do that, we'll raise kids that other people like too, not just us, <laughs> you know. Uh, we love our kids. Unfortunately, too often today we, we're raising kids we don't like. And we're raising kids we don't like because too often we're allowing them to be bit by the cultural vampire and, and where they acquire appetites for the same things that the culture have. Those are antithetical very often to Scripture. And as we go on um, more steeped in our postmodern world, Every year, we get more addicted to the other idols of this world: entertainment, uh, you know, our hobbies, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Basically, every year it seems like in America, the Romans 12:2 mandate do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, seems to be more more relevant to the culture we live in. Because when I was a kid, and someone told me, "Don't conform to the patterns of this world." You almost had to, to be Christian, you know, back then. Today, boy, things are very, very different. And so that scripture really rings more true now than it ever did. We just got to get parents on board to be brave enough to raise their kids with that mindset and and for them to to, to follow through themselves. Yeah. Thanks, Trace. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, that wraps up today's edition of License to Parent. A reminder that you can find us online at LicenseToParent.org. And as always, remember that the work we do here on Licensed to Parent is merely an extension of the work that's done every day inside the gates of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long, Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, and we'd like to invite you to help that work continue. You can do so through your tax-deductible gifts that keep this radio program on the air and, more importantly, provide scholarships to families who may not be able to afford residential care. This will help them pay the way for a teen in crisis who has nowhere else to turn. You can give securely online when you visit LicensedToParent.org and click the Donate button. Again, the website, LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on Licensed to Parent is Daniel Fazzina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us, and then
1: join us again next time to renew your licensed parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.